catch! Holy shit! Kane, you son of a bitch! <laughs> it's barely in topic. Podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely on Topic. <laughs> Somebody just let out a big breath of air and I just, it just cracks me up. Anyway. Welcome to Barely on Topic. This is episode 805. We are a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. And it is Sunday, November 13th. I didn't just look at my computer and see that. I totally knew what day it was. And I totally didn't wake up a little over an hour ago. And I'm so totally not in my pajamas, which I am. Okay, so I am VA, giving you way more information than you need. And I'm here with Jeff. Oh, hi, hi. Nick. Hi, I'm still wearing the clothes I wore last night. <gasps> Walk of shame. And Tim. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Walk of shame or just had no reason to put on pants? I'm going to let the le- listeners figure that one out. <laughs> the answer is somehow pulled, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember one time. Pantless walk of shame. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Just indulge me. One time in the 90s, I went on a blind date and it went very well. It wouldn't continue to go very well because it is what I call my six-month booty call. So anyway... I guess it went pretty well, but it didn't. But anyway, the point is, is I went to my friend's house the very next morning and I was wearing the exact same clothes I had worn the night before. And she goes, are you wearing the same clothes you wore last night? And I'm like, I am. She's like, oh, walk of shame. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. I mean, the, the, the top rung walk of shame is walking out of someone's house and having to look around and having to try to figure out what part of town you're actually in. I had that happen once. I'll be honest with you. I kind of was a little bit like that because I drove there in the dark. Oh, you see, 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 I, I uh, she took me home and I was semi blackout drunk is what it was. I had no idea where in town I was when I walked out. And I'm, <laughs> had to like looked around bewilderedly and had to pull out my phone and look at Google Maps. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. Uh, this was for me. Yeah. It was well before the time of Google Maps and cell phones <laughs> and all of that. And uh, I have like this weird directional blindness thing where it's like, if I drive somewhere at night, I cannot get back there during the day <laughs> without help. <laughs> I mean, if I don't know the area and I didn't know this specific area. So, I, you know what? I've never gotten blackout drunk in those situations because I'm a woman and that can get really dangerous if you do that. So I've always had my wits about me and I've always thankfully said, yes, this is something I want to do. Now that we've talked about my sordid past and uh, let's... there's still one other person, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Tim. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> you're gonna i thought i was gonna get to skate by on this conversation <laughs> i'm so sorry tim i'm so sorry i just really <laughs> like uh tim 
you guys. You, you do not have to join in this conversation. That's fine. Tim, I, 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 statistically speaking, I'm going to assume Tim's also not wearing pants. This is also true. Yay! Well, it's kind of your whole shtick, yeah. <laughs> that's that's definitely that's definitely true. But you know, yeah, that just ESPN. I think I think um that oh wow interception on the two point conversion. Okay, cool. Um, the walk of shame. I I think the worst one. I think I ever had was definitely college walking across campus in the Halloween costume that you wore the oh, night before. Of course, the Halloween walk of shame. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's definitely the one where everyone <laughs> is like, you know, normal, dressed normally, and you're just kind of like walking back dressed up. And people know, obviously, it's college campus. If you're walking back after Halloween in your costume... That is definitely the walk of shame. And I don't know why we're calling it the walk of shame because it meant you had a good time. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And I, I guess I'll, I'll spill the beans. It really here. depends on and the Halloween one. I think it's an extreme case because sometimes the Halloween costume is one you really don't want to be seen in, you know, sober or by sober people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll spill the beans. I just. Woke up and put on the same clothes I was wearing last night. Okay. I think we established that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I told you I am in my pajamas, which is very unusual for me, but I woke up like not long ago and then I was like, oh, yeah, I got to do something. Um, well, getting dressed is not the thing. So it's so gray outside. I, I just don't give a shit. So, hmm. all right. So, what I do give a shit about is talking about some hockey boys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so last week we made a soft prediction on how the games would go, and we technically have one more game going on tonight, so I'm not holding that I'm against already, anyone. Yes. I'm already wrong, though. Yep, you're already wrong, and so is Tim, and I am <laughs> so far right. I mean, that sounded bad. Do not take that out of context, because I am not far right. <laughs> I am right. I feel like I should probably just make that my Twitter bio. Was just I'm already wrong. <laughs> you know what, Jeff? I think that everybody. Everyone should. probably should actually. Everybody should. <laughs> no one is right a hundred percent of the time, and uh, most people are, and no one's wrong a hundred percent of the time. Actually, so there you go. Although more people are closer to that end of the spectrum than the first. I think this is what we call life, Jeff. This is life. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Life is about being wrong and then hopefully fixing it. Look at me. I'm just dispensing pearls of wisdom this morning. Yeah, so far I am correct. But tonight, if the Bruins lose to Vancouver, I'll be right. And if they win against Vancouver, then I will be wrong. So there you go. So so anyway, I just want to say that uh, so far... The Bruins have won three games this week, which is fantastic. And I think it's very interesting that right now there's a team out West that is mirroring this Bruins team in their record and in their, I don't know, excitement to play. And that team happens to be coached by, oh, somebody we know. uh, Yeah, so Vegas. Vegas being coached, of course, by Bruce Cassidy. 
He's got fire. I saw something hilarious, actually. It was in the power rankings, I think, in uh, or, or some article in The Athletic talking about current surprises and so forth. And it talked about how fascinating is it's like <laughs> how fascinating is that that um, uh, Dallas hired the fired coach from Vegas. Vegas hired Boston's fired coach. And then Boston, of course, hired Jim Montgomery, former uh, Dallas coach. Mm-hmm. And all three are kicking ass and taking names at present. <laughs> Basically, it's things like that. It's like people complain about no one new can get in coaching, but sometimes you got to wonder whether you really need 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 new blood need new blood in the coaching circuit. <laughs> yeah, but the pizza bower thing, we've seen this time and again, right? Oh yeah, he's great the first season, and then you got to get rid of him. Yeah, the only place he didn't like he he's this is what his fifth coaching stop, and he went to the final his first two years on two in two of them. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. We lost the final both, but for both for both Jersey and, and San Jose. But you know, mm. it's good to have a coach that can get you there. What you need to do is fire him and get somebody who can take you that extra step. I mean, the good news is is he can, he he you know does proceed to not suck afterwards. It's sort of not like Guy Boucher, who also takes you to uh, will take you to your conference final in year one, and then suck the life out of hockey because um, he has a single fingered monkey um cursed monkey's paw. What is going on with the Senators? They should be better. I mean, they will probably get better as time goes on. They, they so so a they're missing their their um, uh, second line center possibly for the season. Oh no! Was that Josh Norris? No. Yeah, yeah. And then did uh, um, their come defense. Back? They went into the season. Talbot's back now. Yes, that's why they waived uh, Helberg. Okay. And uh, Helberg's back and with them um, uh, got taken picked up. Back up again by uh, um, uh, Seattle. They 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 took him off waivers from Seattle, so Seattle claimed him and can send him right back to, right to um, uh, Coachella. Mm. <laughs> Seems funny to say Coachella. <laughs> I mean Coachella Valley, but like, eh, who needs the second word? <laughs> yeah, but like you know, we went into the season knowing their defense sucked. All right, well let's let's get back to talking about happier things here. I just wanted to point out the mirror out west and how fun that is. Identical records, thirteen and two. Uh, yeah, so far, so far, Boston only loses to Ontario. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yep. Uh, Ottawa and uh, Toronto. That's it. But they haven't played too many road games. So the two ga- the two losses were on road games, and they've only played like I don't know what four or five road games. Not a huge amount. They played a lot of home games, and I know that's going to change. At least they're defending Boston pretty well. Yep. Four, five, six, seven, eight. They've played eight. They've played. Oh no, two of us. Nope, that's uh, six rather. I accidentally counted a couple uh, exhibition games. Yeah, so they have played six six road games and lost two of them. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. That's fine. Seven. Seven road games. Yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> How many people does it take to count the road games? <laughs> Four apparently. Did you mention they end in a single digit. We all have enough fingers to do this. Yeah. Um, yes, <laughs> they're um five and two. Okay, all right, all right. Well, so wow, so they made it the roads always games? a worse worse record than oh, homes. Like have. that's okay. They played four this. They played four in November and have won three, and they played yeah. So, and for what it's worth, Vegas five and two at home, eight and one on the road. Oof. Wait a minute. But they're fifth. They're aren't they thirteen and two? That doesn't add up. They're thirteen and three now. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then 
man okay i was laboring under a misapprehension yeah they they just lost like yesterday i looked at the standings before they lost okay well well screw it i'm wrong there we go they're near identical they're near identical they're near identical they were identical when i looked at it they are not identical anymore and of course uh watch out for new jersey they're really good just like we all predicted Oh my god. I mean, it makes me feel better because like the Bruins struggle against they struggled against them in the preseason, right? So mm-hmm. it makes me feel better that Jersey's actually good. I mean, know? like no one in their right mind should trust Jersey's goaltending moving forward. Their track records for both players is not good, but like it's getting the thing done and good for them. The process is solid otherwise. Yeah. But, you know, just just as we predicted, you know, mm-hmm. the Jersey Devils are Honestly, I'm really happy to see Nico Hishier uh, um, uh, kicking ass. Like, I really like that player when he was in when he was in Halifax. Really solid. I love it when Jacques Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> is having a good time. And future member of My Chemical Romance, Ryan Graves. <laughs> <laughs> that kid is a goth kid. Do not tell me he isn't. He is pale, like sickly pale and dark, dark. I mean, hair. the sun doesn't the, the sun doesn't shine in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia much. So like <laughs> but, <I> mean, <laughs> that kid, I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> I mean, good on Yarmouth. You know, they needed to get themselves a second uh, NHL player so they'd have a good one, a, a decent one on their record to just Jody Shelley. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So we, we, we are talking about hockey-ish things, but we are not talking about the Bruins and their games this week. So this week they played against the or at, at they were all at home. Uh, the three that we're going to talk about. Uh, they had the Blues come in, the Flames come in and um, they were oh, Buffalo oh, was not a home game. Let's try this again. Two home games. Also, the one post Rick Generic broadcast of Buffalo. Not great. <laughs> OK. All right. Anyway. Yes. All right. I was wrong. I was wrong again. I mean, this podcast is just being called I was wrong, except I was more right than wrong. Barely on correct. Yeah. Barely correct. Yes. Yes. That's even better. Yeah. We're really good. Barely on topic. Precision without accuracy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to aim over there and hope that it hits the target in front of me. I'm going to aim over there. They're all going to hit there. But that's not where they should be aiming. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's this is, this is what preci- precision without accuracy is better than the alternative. Is better than accuracy without precision. Okay. Because you can correct for that. Because you can correct for that. <laughs> okay. Accuracy without precision gets one bullseye and a bunch of scatter shots. <laughs> Whereas, like, tight cluster just possibly way the fuck over here. <laughs> I may or may not have a background in analytical chemistry. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Now you're making me sad because I love analytical chemistry. I really do. Nobody should. Nobody should. It is fucking boring. But it's just great. Oh, God. Okay, anyway. Let's talk about these games. Two of them were at home. A whole string of 3-1 games. Yes. All of them. Did they give the first goal against uh, St. Louis? I think they might have given it the first goal in all three games. Uh, nope, nope. DeBrusque was the not. first. DeBrusque oh, okay. was the first in uh, uh, in the uh, first game. 
So he took his time about it, but, you know, he was the first goal. Yeah, the only goal for the Blues came in the second. Whereas with Calgary, Calgary, they scored before I got to my seat because I went on Thursday. Yeah, that was uh, efficient. (laughs) It was. And then that was really it. Um, That's a pair of teams that were supposed to be good this season that have been either catastrophically bad in the case of St. Louis or not really any good in the case of Calgary. <laughs> okay. So Calgary, they, they, um, they lost Johnny Gaudreau, which is certainly a big driver for them. And then they also traded away Kachuk who Kachuk. didn't want to be there. Right. So yeah. I, they, how many goals did they lose there between the two of them? It's a lot of goals considering Uberdo doesn't score goals. He's, he's a has a passer, and I I always felt a pretty overrated one at that. They got Kadri. They signed Kadri. They did get Kadri, and Kadri's been playing very well for them. He's he been has? like their one one of their lone bright spots. And to their credit, for um uh, Calgary's Calgary's one goal was Noah Hannafin, which good for him. I was I commented this to my wife when she scored. It's like oh, good, good, good. Guy gets his first goal of the season against his um, um uh, in his home city, presumably been in front of a whole shitload of friends and family. I would I would hope. Is he from here? I know he went yeah, to BC. Yes. I mean BU, but okay. All right, I did, I forgot. I forgot. And if it was BC, I thought. No, I thought he was BU, but let me see. From uh, the, the 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 colleges of the area. Thank you, thank you for that one. Yeah. Uh, Boston Educational Institution. <laughs> BC, Boston College, and where was Noah Hannafin born? Some place called Boston. <laughs> Oh, it was Boston College. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought it was BU. All right, Boston Remember, College. Yeah, yeah. He he and Eichel were he he and Eichel played in 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 the NCAA their draft year for opposite schools, and I knew I and I knew Eichel was BU. So, there you wow. go. <laughs> well, I'm just continuing the tradition of being wrong today. So, all right, <laughs> for me, for me, uh, yeah, Hannafin got his first goal of the year, of course, because, I mean, why should we give up that tradition? Just because Tuka Rask retired. <laughs> and, you know, credit to Dan, Vlad- Dan, Dan Vladar. He plays very well against Boston. Um, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder there, rightfully so. Vladar was great that game. Fantastic. He's, great every, he's great every time he's dressed again. I mean, it's not very many times, obviously, but he plays out of his mind when Calgary dresses him against Boston. Yeah. It's entirely debatable whether he's actually an NHL caliber backup in general. But against Boston, he does well. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's getting a chance to play, and that was not happening here. So good for him. No, it's not. You know, there were just too many things in the way, and then all of a sudden there was, like, nothing in the way. But, <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't have made it through waivers at the beginning of last season. Someone would have taken him. I feel like we glossed over the whole Blues game here, though. The Blues are hard to fucking watch. Like I love watching them suck, but like, ugh, just, 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 just unpleasant. It's just like this is this. It's not even bad hockey. It's just listless. I hate the Blues. Oh, I hate the Blues so much, and I, 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 I I'm delighted that they're that they're that they're failing. And I was wondering how exactly um, you know, um, um, Kelly Sutherland there on Monday was going to find a way to fuck over both the Chargers. Boston, but he managed not to do that. So good for him. Yeah, I was um, a little worried when I fa- figured out that he was uh, there. I was triggered. Yeah, yeah. And Noli, <laughs> Nolachari playing for the Blues. He got tripped by the Blues by uh, per, uh, was it Pareko? Why am I watching that? 
why am I watching that? That just sucked. But it was the debut of the Pooh Bear. How did it look, guys? You know, it's actually a really nice jersey. And like, while best. I like the Pooh Bear logo, the logo is actually the low point of the sweater. Like, the rest of the sweater is fucking rad. And the logo is a little bit jarring. <laughs> Headphone listeners, warning. I loved it so much. It was so good. Maybe we should just do a totally ASMR or however it is podcast sometime. Anyway, like I love I love Boston white jerseys, <laughs> and these are really really good. I'm not gonna whisper now. <laughs> I find ASMR too fucking weird. I can't do it. <laughs> same here. I'm on. I'm I'm in the same boat with Jeff. No, I'm not. <laughs> it skews me out. I don't like it. I like to get really close to the microphone sometimes and just talk like this, just to make a point. I think it's fun. But yeah, it was the debut of the Pooh Bear, and it was Craig Smith coming back, which, okay, he came back. (laughs) Which is a thing that happened, and yeah. Yep, yep. I used to be excited about it, but no. Yeah. The jerseys, though, oh my god. Yeah. I'm looking forward to my first paycheck with this new job. <laughs> it is it is very nice. Like I'm looking right now for the the, the, the um uh, the still on the video on the NHL website for the game recap, and it's got pasta wearing. Uh, and it's got pasta wearing it with the A. I'm just like, damn, damn, it's a nice sweater. It's really good. Can you believe our little pasta's all grown up? He's got the A on his sweater like full time. Anyway, uh, yeah, okay, so. Look, Freddie scored against his hometown team. Unassisted, just wrapped up the game. It was beautiful. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, it took the Bruins a while to figure out if they were going to win that game, uh, which was another theme of this week. But uh, they decided to do that uh, in the third, which is their best period this season. In a way, not surprising because their second periods tend to be uh, and their first periods lately have been like what? Playing a strong third period, I think, is a pretty tip- is, is is a pretty clear indication of coaching. I think, like mm-hmm. maybe 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 crediting the old inspirational speech is a little overzealous here, but like going to the third and after getting a swift kick in the ass or a uh, or some serious Newt Rockney shit, maybe that makes a difference, right? <laughs> well, I, I like to think it's like tweaking <laughs> things too. Like, you know, coaches tweak things on the on the fly and they see what works and whatnot. But by the third period, you got to really iron it out. Right. I to me, I think it's it's a mindset. Um, All right. Well, you don't want everyone to play back too much because then it's hard to flip that switch. Mm-hmm. But get get a lead in the first period, go into the second, see what adjustments they make and then respond in the third and, and dominate. That's kind of been the Bruins thing all year. Yeah. I didn't watch the game Saturday night because I was at a Wake Forest football game, but I was keeping track. What At one point, at one point, I think in maybe the second period or the end of the second period, Bruins had 10 shots. And then somehow, I'm pretty sure they they finished with more shots on goal than Buffalo. Like that's bend, but don't break and just turn it on. The first period? Mm-hmm against buffalo last night it was virtually unwatchable the bruins ended up with like five shots maybe on goal but for the longest time they only had two 
I think it was mostly unwatchable because of Buffalo's jerseys. Those things are awful. They're retro. Sorry, I got. Oh. Their pants look like tidy whities backwards. Yeah, there's yeah. something really wrong about the seat of their pants. Like that, that, that struck me too. Like, the fuck am I looking at here? Like, are so, they wearing their cup on the outside of the hockey pants? So hockey pants are made of different materials, and that's typically why you don't go with white because it shows off the different materials. When you go all black, it just kind of is like, yeah, cool. <laughs> like it, white pants are will always be a bad idea. Thank God forbid someone actually pees their pants because hockey players do that from time to time. Well, you know what? You gotta go. You gotta go. It would have looked so much better if they just went with blue pants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would. But the jerseys are still hideous. But the whole uniform, I'm glad I missed the game last night. Because, I mean, honestly, I like like to go ahead. Oh, I know the logo's a good one, but like, on the whole, Buffalo, like, even Buffalo's best jerseys have all been pretty shitty. They're sort of like Vancouver. They just can't seem to be put, find something that works for them and put it together. Yeah, Vancouver and Buffalo, they've had so many different logos. Different Incidentally, uh, they came into the league at the same time, so maybe there's a curse huh. about that year. <laughs> huh? First down. Um, yes, I, I think that I, – I, I like Buffalo's – I like Buffalo's reverse retros. I don't know. I, I, I really like the Goathead. There's a few reverse retros that came out that I really hate. There are some that, like, they kind of just missed the memo on him and they didn't understand the assignment and the jersey looks like shit but i like i thought buffalo's is one of the better ones i i think more i think it's more because i really like the goat head logo again it's a good logo it's just everything around it's not good yeah. <laughs> i i don't like i did not like the uniform on the whole because it reminded me a lot of the the nike color block uh or whatever it's called in in the nfl where it's like the jersey uh, the, uh the color whole, rush Color rush. Oh yeah. Well, I call it color block because I want to block it. <laughs> I don't like those uniforms, and uh, that's what it reminded me of uh, a lot of. But anyway, I look. I can understand if you like it, you like it. That's fine. Whatever. It was funny. Those they look like they're wearing tidy whities backwards. Yeah. Last night, it's like the first period was like, if you skipped the whole first period and just knew that Buffalo scored, you'd be fine. It was just bad. Very bad. We are kind of all over the place. No, there's one goal I got to talk about with the Flames game. I'm sorry. Clifton's goal. That was oh. fucking unbelievable. He took a shot. Wow. A shot from the point and then picked up his, ran in, picked up his own rebound. Yes. Yes. That was like. After a, a shot, after a point shot. <laughs> yes. That guy scrambled. He wanted it. He was hungry. He got it. You know, it was his first goal of the year. So, of course, and he had to do the extra effort on it, the second effort, but it was so, gorgeous. Speaking of, of Clifton, after this game, um, uh, uh, Fluto had another uh, had a story on Clifton on The Athletic. And it comes out that Clifton's yet another player who was a little disgruntled, uh, who, who was getting pretty disgruntled under Cassidy. Like, increasingly, it's pretty unambiguous. It was basically the non-stars were not fans. All right. I'm... I, I mean, but every player they've talked to on this ground has gotten so much better. Purple already is overperforming relative to what they were doing last season. So, like, even like Lindholm, with the exception of Carlo, but yeah, <laughs> but Carlos had the concussion, so you know, yeah. Carlo missed a few games, and Carlo's still good on the kill. 
They got Carlo playing third pair minutes now with Clifton playing second pairing. Probably a temporary thing. But, well, uh, uh, apparently Montgomery likes Lind, uh, Lindholm and uh, Clifton a lot. And even though last night they, he started Lindholm and Carlo, they weren't actually on the ice that much together. Mm. More for the kill. But, like, Lindholm played 26 minutes last night. And, like, the closest to that was Clifton at 20-something. You know, 20 and change. Um Right now, he's just riding Lindholm until McAvoy can get up to speed. Oh, yeah. By the way, Flames game, the return of the Mac. Game-winning goal in his first game back. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And TJ, at Senator John on Twitter, he played return of the Mac as soon, <laughs> right after that goal was scored. I love that song. I, I like some 90s R&B. <laughs> so anyway uh, so he played that song and i thought that was really fun but yeah mcavoy came back scored with uh help from zaka and lindholm and then you know pasta just wrapped it up and that was that was good but yeah tomorrow uh, last night's game okay first of all tage thompson is a thing he continues he's to be large and he might be re- and he might actually be real yeah he's large and he's, he's kind boy. of in charge yeah yeah he's six seven did you know his father used to play I did not know this. I just learned that this morning on Twitter. Yeah, I didn't. His father played was a teammate of the first round in 0405. Or when it wouldn't have been 0405. There was no season that year, unless they're talking about in Providence. But it was in Providence. <laughs> they were teammates in Providence. Okay. Yep, yep. And his father now, I think, is the head coach of the Bridgeport Islanders. Oh, Brent Thompson. Okay. Yes, <laughs> that's his father. Yep. They they should still be that called the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Explain why he and his brother Tigers. are from Connecticut. Yeah. The oh. hell is a Sound Tiger? Exactly, but that used to be what they were called, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. What's a sound tiger? I don't know. It's a tiger. It's that tiger the, or it's a tiger that plays in a sound, like a sound, like you know, isn't a sound like the body of water or whatever. Right, I mean, okay, Bridgeport is sense. in the Long Island Sound. Yes, yes. So um, that's. I think that's where they were going with it. It's still a better name than calling them the fucking Islanders. Yep, I agree. I agree. I don't know what the fuck a sound tiger is. I don't care. Let's go. Speaking of teams called the Islanders, you know, the, the, the Charlottetown Islanders used to be actually called the Prince Edward Islanders, which was fantastic because oh. they basically had no nickname because it was also their location. Oh, oh that's but apparently funny. someone decided that was no, but apparently someone decided that was that was entirely too fun. So they changed their location, their location to Charlottetown rather than Prince Edward Island. You know, it's just semantics thing. So obviously we're in the same oh, facility. That's, that's but, kind of sad. That's kind of sad. Here's another note that you might not know. I grew up on an island. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Um, I grew up in Portsmouth and then later moved to Newport on the other end of the island. But in the middle of those two is Middletown. And Middletown, they were the Islanders. We were the Portsmouth Patriots. And Newport's high school was uh, Rogers, the Rogers Vikings. So just wanted to share my Islander story because it's so important. It's anyway, Tage Thompson, shorthanded goal against Boston and kind of showing the, uh, the, old, the risk one takes with a five forward power play. Yes. It's very exciting until it goes wrong. So I've read suggested, suggested that once McAvoy's up to speed that, that some people think that Monty will go back to, uh, to a uh, one defenseman. The question then becomes, uh, who gets uh, bumped down? Presumably, it's either Krejci or Jake. 
I mean, putting well, Craigie on the other unit means you have someone that can actually quarterback the second unit, which is nice, I guess. But well, I mean, <laughs> what's interesting this week is I did take a look at this. Um, during the Blues game, it was just all forwards on the power play. <laughs> and then Thursday night's game, you had Lindholm and McAvoy. Lindholm and McAvoy were the only two defensemen on the power play. Anyway, Keith Kincaid playing with um, uh, Marty Turco pads, eh? <laughs> yeah, he is. Big old, big old slabs of Elvita cheese. Elvita yeah. <laughs> uh, cheese are back. I'm sure someone would point us up. Well, Malcolm Subban did. Malcolm Subban played two games and lost them both badly. I prefer to pretend Malcolm Subban is never a Bruin. Oh. <laughs> Kincaid's always been a uh, washy goalie pad guy. He had red goalie pads when he was with the Rangers. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Red with the Rangers. That's that, that's a splash. Actually, I dig yeah. that. Because that's a move that very few goalies would make. If you feel like going for colored pads there, they'd be blue usually. Yeah, you want red. I think it's a bold Proving. statement to just go with a solid color. Yeah. I mean, he also has I know, like, more in his mask, so he's kind of crazy. But, yeah. like, I know why a lot of goalies play with basic white pads, but it's no fun. Exactly. Like, it's totally for practical reasons makes sense. That's all. <laughs> I'm not saying just solid white, but if you're, like, a solid color, I'm, I, I applaud that choice. So last night, I don't happen to recall, and I couldn't pull it up immediately on my phone, whether or not the defense was on the power play. I think I seem to remember that they were a little bit. Not the one that gave up the shorty, though. That was a five, oh, that was a five forward unit. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, the, and the second units all the, the second units always had a defenseman on had a defenseman on it one or another all season, I think. Because there just isn't the personnel to run a five forward power, two five forward units. <laughs> right. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So they gave up that goal, and then Bergeron eventually came back and scored. In the, wow, very late in the second. Oh yeah, that's right. This game, I told you, the first period unwatchable. Second period was second. Mostly... Not really all that much better. A lot of it. Yeah. No, it was not. It was not. But then Bergie finally scored. So at least it was like, okay, I never, I never lost hope. I never thought, oh, the Bruins are going to lose this game. I just was like, why are you making this so hard? <laughs> like they just didn't undercut. Seem would like they please they... don't make Jeff right. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I was just like, I, no, from a pure watching po- standpoint. Why are you making this hard, guys? Diffi- yeah, I, I will agree. Yes, the early parts of the game were, were a difficult watch. They were a slog. I can see why Buffalo's actually got some good vibes right now. They're they move. They're fun. Yeah, they're not really that good yet, but like they're 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 they're, 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 they're something to look forward to there, which is like everything that that team needs right now. <laughs> be fun. If you can't be good, be fun. Oh, by the way, I just want to back up quickly on the St. Louis game. How nice it is to see a fucking whiny bitch, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, having such an awful year during a during a contract year. Yay! Oh, too bad. Oh, I feel so bad for him. I know. I, I'm, I, I'm just. I'm just. It's just delightful. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Yes. By the way, I didn't know until this week. Uh, who's the captain of the uh, Sabers? He wasn't playing last night, but. Who's Captain Sabres, you know? It's, uh, it's Ocposo. Uh, it's Ocposo. Yep, he got it, which is cool. You don't get too many black captains in the NHL. I was going to say, usually that's, that's like, you got Ginla and I don't know who else. Bryce is. Salvador. 
Oh, right. He was, he was, he was uh, yep, for Jersey, Jersey back in 2013. The Jersey before, yeah, yeah, before Andy Green, yeah. Yep, <laughs> yep. So basically, like, uh, no, this is good. Progress. Let's keep going. They just thought that he was the team's heart and he was a leader. And he, did you know that he and his family moved there full year round? They, they live in the community. So, oh, good for them. Yeah, it's great. I mean, he's he's originally from Minnesota, but you know, Minnesota players usually go back to Minnesota for a while and whatever. He and his family chose to live in Buffalo full time when he signed the contract uh, that many years ago. So, good for him. I mean, you got to figure Buffalo looks pretty good when you've been living on Long Island. <laughs> God. Oh, God. I've only been there like, like it was like five days for my brother's wedding, and it's awful. There's nothing good to be said about Long Island. I have many a friend from Long Island, but they all moved away and <laughs> they had to come back at some point. But like, like for every much as awful as Connecticut is, Long Island's like Connecticut squared. Yeah. I mean, it's like suburb on suburb on suburb on Long Island. Well, that's just it. My brother and sister-in-law live an hour from live an hour from from JFK and it's still just endless hellish suburb. And JFK is like an hour from the city. Well, my brother has to commute to the my, my brother has to commute to the office in in Manhattan he's he's an hour on the Long Island Railroad before he even gets onto the onto the onto public transit in the city you know <laughs> my commute doesn't sound so bad anymore yeah said the southerner who's used to working from home <laughs> i thought that was interesting to find out i did not know that they had named a captain it's been a long time since they've had a captain so uh, or not a long time. It's been a couple of years since they've had a captain because they stripped the sea from Jack Eichel. We're not going to get into that. We've talked about that before. So, yeah, Kincaid, pretty good last night. 30 for 31. The Bruins had a power play. The first the first goal by Bergeron was a power play. But that, that second goal by Bergeron was the one to talk about because Marshy caught it on his stick. Like it was like they were playing like lacrosse, but not over the shoulder. <laughs> it was like you know it was like uh tic-tac-toe basically and it was just like uh of course buffalo challenge for playing with a high stick they lost but that goal you have to go back and look at it it was just fantastic oh was it the empty netter against calgary no i was talking about last night's goal i know the but their goal the, the empty netter against calgary was the best empty netter i've, I've ever seen Oh, Pasta. Yeah, they were just like, Pasta needed to score because he's had a little bit of a drought. I mean, everybody else is scoring, so it's fine. It's not like Pasta's playing bad. He, I mean, he's playing great. And yes, that I did watch the uh, the tic-tac goal, goal from uh, last night's game. It's like, oh yeah, that's, that's the, that's the line. Yep, that's fun. That was, it was, uh. Pasta to Marshy to to Bergie. I mean, I like that. I, I don't want that goal. I, I don't want that line all the time. But I do appreciate when it, it is back together. Because mm. I think that you need to spread things around. You need to see who's clicking and whatnot. But um, it's it's good to see them get back to, to business. Because it, when you put all three of them on the same line, then it's like, okay, we have one really complete line. Whereas, mm. like, it's taking the Hall, Krejci, Pasta line a little bit of more time to gel for some reason i think it's because krejci's more injured than we think oh oh yeah that's right he did just come back from injury like last week so i mean i was gonna haul krejci or still both have nine points but i noticing that uh 
five of Krejci's points are on the power play, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll step to, I'll, I'll just sort of fade backwards into the bush like uh, Homer Simpson now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it might take a little bit of time. I, I forgot he missed some time, so that's crucial time to to gel. And he might be more hurt than we think. That's true. I, I'm worried about Pasta and the fact that one of my predictions this year was that he would win the heart. <laughs> and it's not looking good right now. This whole team could win the heart. It's a long season. Usually these... Well, you know, yeah. Like, my prediction on the on the rocket doesn't look great either. But that seems just because like McDavis decided this season I score lots of goals. He just seems to just pick things to do in a given season, except you know, single-handedly drag the um, uh, drag the Oilers to uh, meaningful success. <laughs> <laughs> does does this affect how much we think Pasta is going to get paid when he does? I mean, he's nine, fourteen, so. twenty-three, and fifteen games. He's still like kicking ass, and he's still put on track to put up an psychotic fuck ton of points. He's not really paid to be a three-zone player. This has no impact whatsoever. He's being Pasternak. He's being what he's paid to do. So we talked about this the other week. Jeff, what do you think the starting point for negotiating with Pasta is on his contract extension? So starting point, like so, like his start opening ask or the Bruins opening bid is what you're asking there. His opening ask. I mean, he can walk in there and ask for twelve. Okay. I think the Bruins are making a mistake if they offer a nickel under 10. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know you got to start off with a strongish offer, but if you're offering under 10, you're going to soil it because no one in their right mind, I think, believes this is, any, this is ending up others. Anything, it's going to be 88 over 8, I think. Ooh, 88 over 8. Oh, yeah. 11 a year just feel, 11 a year feels right. That just happened to work out really clean. <laughs> um, I say I say do 88.88 over 8. <laughs> Oh my God! All the eights. Can I be a pessimistic person and say what I think happens? Okay, yes. He doesn't sign don't with the Bruins. Know. If I'm Pasternak, I don't see a center in the system. I see the way management just embarrass themselves. I'm not staying with Boston. So I think this is all the more reason why this has to be the year for the Bruins. Because again, you're you're a superstar player. And and you want to entrench yourself, you know, long term, you want to do it in a good environment. How can any Bruin right now feel that this management has a good mindset for the future? Again, enjoy pasta the season because he's gone. He's good as gone. Sorry, I was really pessimistic, but I'm I'm being a bit real of a realist here. Was this your view before last week? The, The center thing was always on my mind. I'm like, and the fact that he hadn't actually signed a deal already. So I think this is just the rather large nail in the coffin or or the rather large bale of hay that broke the camel's back. Take your pick. Um, But to me, I was never that optimistic, but now I'm uh, extremely pessimistic. So was it my – to answer your question, (laughs) Jeff, was this my view last week? I guess technically no. Yeah, we talked about this last week about the the ramifications of the Miller signing. And one of them was just that, oh – if Bergeron thought about coming back next year, he might not think about coming back next year. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and Pasta could very well just go, I don't know if I want to re-sign with this team. This is the kind of stuff they're going to do. Yeah, so it's very well in the realm of, of, of possibility. Sorry, Tim. Now, winning does really change your, your mindset. Things are hunky-dory when you're winning. But if, if I'm Pasta, I don't sign back with the Bruins. 
who's going to give me the puck? And, oh, it'll probably be some punk that Sweeney and, and Neely find in the dumpster. So my only comment there is, you know what? You can build teams on strong wingers with lesser centers. Mm-hmm. And we have happened to have two of the better passing left wings in the league. Mm-hmm. Both under contract. Yeah. So there's that. Also, increasingly, it's kind of looking like Bo Horvat's going to end up going to the market next summer. <gasps> Ooh. And I don't love the player, but like this would be this would be this would be a solid patch if available. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the other argument I'm going to make is it's it sounds similar to Wish's uh, uh, Wishinsky's uh, players like where their shit is. They like to stay there. Okay. It's not always true, but Pasta's girlfriend really likes Boston, hmm. and I think she likes the community friends that she has here, uh, especially in the the Bruins' wives and girlfriends. That could be a factor, too. You know, your quality of life. I'd love to be wrong, obviously. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong, too, I because I can't... Right now, I, I just don't want to ima- imagine the possibility our sweet baby angel going away. We watched him grow up. <sighs> the, the thing about that, too, what worries me in that scenario and why I don't want to think about it is not just because of the loss of Pasternak, but how fucked this team is with long-term commitments on players who won't be on even vaguely competitive team anymore in that scenario. The time and money commitments to Carlo Lindholm and even McAvoy start looking a bit collar bully because that's a case of, Oh crap, this team has to tank now, but they have too many good players signed on yeah. forever. So <laughs> again, for that reason we... alone, like if nothing else, even if it doesn't result in them being continuing to be a playoff team, it's like, uh, this team doesn't sign Pasternak, they're fucked. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this. I don't think it happens before January. I don't think, I, I, like, I think the season will end with Pasternak as a, approaching free, free agency. So you're thinking he pulls, like, a Landeskog or a Stamkos then at, at best? Is yes. What, is, what, is what you're feeling? Yeah. I kind of agree with that part, because I don't think, like, player, players like discussing contracts during the season. It's a lot to think about and stuff like that. It's a lot to go over. Like I, I'd rather, I think they'd rather just play. So I kind of agree with that part of what Nick's saying. That's what they have agents for, right? Yeah. I would like a deal to get done. I, I just, I don't know. I wish I had faith in the Bruins getting a deal done. Like I wish there was that aspect, but I, I kind of don't. I think the whole debacle that happened kind of took away any faith that I have left in the, uh, in the front office as a whole. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, this is an area where I have a lot of faith. One of the only areas I have faith in this front office is they are they are remain, continue to be expert level at re-signing their own players. Maybe they have a good dental plan. If they if it's a player they want to sign, they get it done. That, that you know, writes the uh, caveat for the, the – writes the Tory Krug caveat in there. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we will definitely talk about this as the season goes on. I hope that last week's uh, decision-making by the front office does not affect this anymore with regards to his contract. I feel like, because we've been talking about this, let's just get this out of the way. While Cam Neely came out and gave a a completely not reading the room and missing the point press conference on Monday, it was 17 minutes of like a whole lot of no answers, no real information. You know, we didn't talk to the family. What's the new information? We didn't talk to the family. It was just, there, there was some serious there was some serious Trump saying I take no responsibility at all. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can't take responsibility for success and then not take uh, accountability for the blunders. He seemed to be blaming Donnie. Donnie seemed to be blaming him. He says there's going to be an investigation. I don't have any faith in that. The one thing I do know is this, and I heard this from a season ticket holder. Oh. That season ticket holders are not happy. By the way, if you were a Bruins fan trying to contact the Bruins, after a while you could not send an email because they basically closed that inbox. It was just too full. You could not send voicemails. You couldn't get anything to the team. Bravo and brava to the Bruins fans for that because that that is how they felt about this situation. They felt that this was counter to what the Bruins are. So good good for them. But another way that people can get a hold, uh, can get through to the Bruins is, especially season ticket holders, they can talk to their, their ticket reps. So they have direct lines of communication to their ticket reps, whether it's through phones or email or in person. You can... Actually, uh, during each game, there is a limited amount of time that you can go speak to your uh, ticket rep or a ticket rep, season ticket rep. So you can actually do this at the games. And on Monday, they had to pull the season ticket reps because they were starting to get threats against them. People who had nothing to do with the situation were being threatened. We're talking about physical harm. So they had to pull them. Charlie Jacobs had to talk to them and say, I'm sorry that you are in the line of fire here. You know, so they pulled the the ticket reps for a game and they pull, uh, you know, they, they basically wanted to ensure their safety, which is good. Very, very good. I will tell you, I went to the game on Thursday night. I have never seen cops at games. I was riding on the escalator behind a cop with a gun. Like my face was inches away from a gun. And he also had a polar seltzer in his other pocket. It was raspberry lime. I approve of the choice. But anyway. Good man. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I was, my face was inches away from a gun. And then I saw another cop walking the concourse in, in the balcony concourse. So I've never seen that at games. It's not uncommon to see some security, but these were actually Boston cops. So it's never okay to threaten harm against anybody, no matter what decision they make that you don't like. The best you can do as a Bruins fan is say, I, I'm just not going to pay money for this, right? I think that's the best way to do that. It's an economic issue. It's not a, I'm going to threaten you with violence issue. Yeah. So I'm glad that Bruins fans are, are very passionate about this, but be passionate the right way. So uh, nobody's getting really good answers right now because even the ticket reps will tell you, well, the situation's resolved. It's not resolved. The contract still stands. They may not play him. He may not be able to play in the NHL or the AHL or wherever, but they still have to pay that contract. It's still, yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they're like in a lot of the options you would think that they would do like, you know, a, a suspend contract is all challengeable into the NHL PA. Yep. Now there is, I, my suspicion is the only hope the Bruins have here ultimately is the increasing appearance that perhaps the, Clearly a complete scumbag agent misled the team at length. Yeah, big time. Which that'll give that would be that ultimately I suspect in the, will be the cause for termination. Yeah. Because otherwise there isn't really a way out of this short of a so sort of <laughs> a buyout, which is like, well, that he's gonna in a buyout he'll get he'd get almost as much he'd get more money than he would have just playing out in the AHL probably, because he would actually get a buyout value for the performance bonuses too. 
I feel like at this point, because the Bruins made this mistake, the front office made this big blunder that they they better just I mean, they can they can try to do all the things that they can to get this contract terminated. But contract termination has doesn't have to be agreed on both sides for that to happen. Like the the other so, side yeah. has to admit wrongdoing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So so there are, mutual contract termination is there requires agreement, but there, the team can set, can terminate a contract for cause. But that doesn't tend to go well for the team in subsequent arbitration. See the Mike Richards situation, for example, or well, fuck, um, Vander Kane and the Sharks. Yeah. In both cases, there there were penalties in the end. I feel like how it's really going to go is that the, the, the Bruins are going to pay him to sit at home and then they're going to buy out the contract at the end of the year and they better have fucking learned their lesson. So the catch is paying him to sit at home has no cap implications. Buying him out would. Well. So, but the question is, like, do they then continue to keep paying him indefinitely? Like, I don't know what to do here. I think the Bruins are going to try to terminate unilaterally and I suspect – the statements from the um, uh, from his agent are going to be a major factor in how that plays out. Well, I I just wanted to point out that it's still ongoing. It's the just because they rescinded the offer doesn't mean anything because they signed a contract and it was registered. Which there's the other question is that if he's not allowed to play in the league, why was the contract allowed to be registered? So there's a lot of huh going on from almost every side involved here, which is why there's really no way to predict how this will actually play out. Yeah, and the shitty part is too, like the PA has to fight it as much as they can. They can't just the PA didn't. Should... The PA didn't. You know what the fucked about that? The PA didn't freaking lift a finger for Kyle Beach. Yeah, and they're gonna lift a finger for this fuck. Yep, unbelievable. It's 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 uh, it's the worst. It's it's literally the worst situation. I think I think that though, if they terminate, I think what the what the agent led the Bruins to believe, because clearly that the only the only uh, due diligence the Bruins did was talking to the agent. Like that was it. They just believed what the agent said. There was no way they did anything beyond that. Because if they had, this should never have happened. Because clearly everything the agent said was a load of shit. And since he misrepresented the player and what he was doing, that should be term that should be grounds for terminating the contract. The fact that this, the um uh, went on Strickland too and started saying those awful things about the the, the um uh, victim and the victim's family too is like what the fuck is this guy doing? He yeah, blame like, it for somebody uh, on somebody else. Like there was. Somebody but here's else the thing: like is he only has two real clients anyway. It's only two real clients are Jared Spurgeon and uh, and Jason Zucker. Then a bunch of like Z prospects and Miller. <laughs> How do you think this investigation in quotation marks is going to go with the Bruins? I don't think there's going to be one. Uh, so some scouts, some scouts, some scouts will get the axe. They're going to get scapegoated. It it should be done in Cam. It should be. Again, I'm not convinced on the Don front. That initial. <sighs> cannot convinced does not mean I think he's innocent here. I'm just like there's some inconsistencies there and i still think it's it's more cam than don again you look at their two respective appearances don's was don's had seriously felt like there was like like there was a gun in his back or like just off camera someone was holding his dog by the scruff of the neck with a gun to its head yeah Um, exactly 
Whereas Cam was like, again, very, I don't know, very Don, very, very uh, Donald Trump. Oh, I take no responsibility at all. This, yeah, to me, this screams that this was Cam's idea. It just does. Just the where's, whole thing. Where's ownership in all of this? Counting their money? I don't, I oh. I mean, it's been pretty clear that Jacob says trust Cam at the end of the world for some reason. And my only hope would be like, hey, isn't Harry, isn't Harry Sinden somewhere around? Isn't he? I would think that he has Jacob's ear. Be like, hey, dude, like the fuck. All right. Well, I'd like to move on, just because this will be a conversation until the whole until Mitchell Miller is no longer with the organization. Because at this point, even though they'll tell you he isn't, he is in some way or form. But let's get to onto something a little more fun, guys, before we get into the end of the podcast. Okay. Last night. On the Nesson broadcast, if you were lucky, you got to see the player cards like they do with Hockey Night in Canada, you know, where they have the player introduce themselves and talk about who their favorite player was growing up. And it was cute. I sent you the the video of that. How many players said Peter Forsberg, guys? Half of them felt like. <laughs> it felt like half of them. It was three. It was really fun to see the answers. Uh, so you had Bergeron, who, again, said Peter Forsberg which I knew that I had to point that out to uh, Kirk Ludicky one time that it was Forsberg because he keeps saying that. Then you had Felino, Nick Felino. He didn't even say his dad. <laughs> I thought for sure it would be his dad. That's what I thought too. And then you had uh Linus Olmark of all people, Peter Forsberg. Well, that still makes Forsberg sense to would me. Have been the, would have been the big one of the biggest games in Swedish hockey as a lot of these guys yep. were going up, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. In fact, also Forsberg and Lenin, not as many of them are jumping in with with uh, with 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 them um, uh, Forsberg's peers in Swedish hockey, like say Lidstrom. That's interesting. But mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, none of that. No, um, you know, two people did say Sakic. Who were those two people? Two players, I should say. Um, uh, did did Lindholm say Sakic? No, no, he said Kenny Johnson. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's right. Mm. I don't even know who that is. Swedish defenseman. Uh, defenseman uh, was the captain of the gold medal team. Oh, okay. Um, why do I know this stuff? <laughs> hey, you know it. That's um, what's car- uh, what's good. Yeah. It was uh, Smith. Did Smith say Sackick? No. no. All right, I'm out of guesses. Okay, ready? Oh, oh yeah, Tim, you got it. Um. Uh, oh, Marshy. 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 Yeah. And Noshik. Oh, that's who it was. I knew it was someone I wouldn't have expected. Yeah, okay. I mean, this isn't quite as good as back during the 2013 Cup run when they did one of these. And Krejci said his favorite player growing up was Yarim Yager. And then Yager said his favorite player growing up was Yarim Yager. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Yarim Yager, three, ple- three players said that he was their favorite player growing up. Well, when a third-year team is checks, that seems like a reasonable thing to expect to happen. Okay, well, <laughs> tell me who they are then. I didn't watch the video. Oh, <laughs> uh, Krejci. Krejci, yeah. Um, Zaka. Zaka. And then and, this, uh, this Pasta. One, no. 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 Pasta's growing up with Krejci. We've heard this from him before. Yeah. He said Hashik. Yeah, he said Hashik. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because, like, at the draft, he said it was David Krejci. Like, yes. <laughs> when, when he was picked. Um, <laughs> maybe he didn't want to make Krejci uncomfortable. Was it Zaboral? Krejci's always uncomfortable, though. Like, Z- he's an awkward motherfucker. I know he is. <laughs> he is. No, Zaboral said Duncan Keith. 
That's right. That's right. Which makes sense if you play huh. defense. Keith yep. had a hell of a run. Yep, yep, yep. So um, I'll just give it During to you. During exactly the right run for him to be Zaboral's favorite player growing Correct. up, too, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Craig Smith. Yes. Craig Smith was uh, the other uh, Yager. Okay, so Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall grew up in Calgary. His father was a CFL player. Who do you I think his player, uh, his favorite player growing up was? Going to give you a hint. It's on the flames. I mean, that oh, I mean, Iggy. Yes, it was Iggy. Okay, this is a hard one. Jake DeBrusque. His dad. <laughs> his dad, Louis DeBrusque. <laughs> That's how he said it. I thought that was adorable. By the way, um, Marshan also said that his other favorite player, because he couldn't answer with one, he answered with two, because Marshy is extra and we all know it and appreciate it. Martin Saint Louis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes I mean, that just makes sense. That makes sense. It yeah, makes that sense. makes sense. It does. It does. Uh, yeah, so uh, Charlie Coyle had an interesting answer. And if you know Charlie Coyle and his family, you'll get this. Oh, one. yeah, that's right. Tony Amante. Tony Amante, his cousin. Because yeah. most Boston-born hockey players are all related, you know. I mean, somehow <laughs> they're not Amante. part of the uh, extended Chuck Fitzgerald Hayes clan. But yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Is are the Boyles related? I mean, is is uh, Brian oh, Boyle, Boyle related? Oh yeah, to Boyle's him? also. Yeah, Boyle's also in the Kachuk yeah. Hayes um, uh, of Fitzgerald Extended Universe. That yeah. Thanksgiving must be something. <laughs> I got to tell you. Um, <laughs> okay, so Frederick. Oh, I'm being called off here. Um, my appearance on the show is ending. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm being summoned. Um, yeah. Baby. So I'll I'll be on my way. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, so apparently, just going down to a nap, and I'm slightly better at getting her down than Julie for some reason. So. I'll be on my way. All right. It's been a pleasure. Okay. <laughs> Bye. 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 Yeah. All right. I remember this one perfectly because I'm like, oh, that's cool. They were maybe teammates. Um, they were. David Backus. David Backus. Okay. So let's let's talk about some defensemen here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Grizzlick, you want to venture a guess? Yes. I remember. I just don't want to say all say all the answers. I don't remember that one at all. Ray Borg. Ray Borg. Oh, that makes sense. And Mackie yeah. Boys makes a lot of sense, too, if you think about Leech? it. Leech? Was his Leech? Yes, his mm-hmm. was Leech. Yep. Uh, Zaboro, we already talked about. Duncan Keith. Clifton. I wanted I wanted to see Jeff's reaction to this. I should have done this sooner. Oh, shit. F. I don't remember. Like, you'll say it. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. New uh, Jersey Devils. Known oh, for, Scott Stevens. Yep. I was going to say, known for basically committing murder. <laughs> captain at one point mm-hmm. for some time yeah so is he from is he from jersey long branch new is, jersey yes. yep. yep yep why do i that know these sense. things that makes sense no, it's fine no yeah. it's it's fine yeah you know kincaid this one makes it makes sense in a way kincaid grew up in new york but i don't know where new york farmingville is where he is from I don't know where that is. It might be on Long Island. It might not. But Richter? It was not Richter, but it is a goaltender. Uh, a long time goaltender. Played for over 20 years. Wow. No. Hashik? No. We sometimes call him Uncle Daddy. Oh, Lundquist? No. 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 According to, according to Hampus Lindholm, Lundquist is allowed to not be blonde because he's so handsome. Uh, oh, but it's it's Martin Brodeur. Duh! Oh my god. Oh. Yep. 
I've, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. You shouldn't be embarrassed. It's okay. And Carlos, you saying he was from New York threw me off because I was thinking Rangers, not Devils. I know. I said it kind of made sense. I didn't say it absolutely made sense. So, but I, you know, some of my hints are helpful. Some throw you off. It's okay. And then Carlo was. I had to look up this guy. I didn't know him, but I will tell you, he is currently the GM for the LA Kings. Um, and, of course, with Carlo being from Colorado at probably a very impressionable time in his career, it made very much sense. Rob Lake. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Guy was – that man, those Avalanche, that 2001 Avalanche team, stacked on defense. I mean, they had great – He board. played a long time – he played a long time for the Kings, too. Yes. He was there for a long – because didn't he get traded – to Colorado because he hadn't won a cup in LA and he was looking to win a cup. Is that kind yeah, of what it was happened? like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And then he went back to LA. Yeah. And then he also played in San Jose. Some did, did he work for the, uh, did he work for the Monarch Manchester Monarchs at one time? He probably did. That would make sense. Cause uh, I, th- I want to say he did when I was in college and I could be wrong, but um, let's see. For the 2013, he was the the assistant general manager for the Kings. Uh, he was uh, the uh, he acted as the general manager for the Manchester Monarchs in from 2013 to 2015, and the Ontario Reign from 2015 on. Okay, so when I was in grad school, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I I didn't know who he was, so now. And I also realized that I was spelling Johnson wrong. J with a... It's Johansson. Uh, no, it's like a J-O with an umlaut N-S-S-O-N, I think, or something like that. Okay. So anyway, yeah, I thought that was fun. That was a fun little twist on Hockey Night in, in, in America. Uh, so uh, they're not going to do it over and over again, probably, but that was fun. Although it would be hilarious if every time the players had different answers, you know. Oh my gosh, Rod Blake only retired in 2010. That's crazy to me. Yeah. I I feel like I I just I remember him a lot when I was a kid in the 90s playing for the Kings. So having him retire in 2010, which is wild. Well, yeah, I mean, he was 41 when he retired. Yeah, he played he pl- yeah, he played a long time. Yeah. His rookie his his rookie season, he played in four games in 89-90, but his real rookie season was 90-91. Yeah, so he basically played in the NHL my – yeah, because I, I was born in 89. So <laughs> when I was a baby, born in July 89, he's I, out there getting some, you know, a, a cup of coffee in the NHL. I always think that you're like three years younger than Tim, but you're not. You're like a year younger than Tim. Yeah. I actually was younger than Tim. <laughs> did did Luke was Luke Robitaille on those Kings teams too? That yes. Blake was okay. Yeah. Oh, it's probably. He, I think he worked for the Monarchs when I was in college too. Maybe. I mean, I know that Robitaille uh, is a is big in the Kings organization now, isn't he? Like the executive vice president or something like. I mean, the executive president. Or executive president. Isn't he the president of Hockey Ops or something? Yeah, so... Yeah, it's kind of funny to say this. He is the president of the Kings. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is. 
so he was I mean, named the president of business ops with the Kings in oh, 2007. Okay. So he's been with them for a while. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Well, I, I think it, it's just fun to see what players, um, what players liked in other players, you know, or enjoyed about other players, but I do miss Tuca and his answer of Bob Asenza. <laughs> Goalie Bob. Uh, and uh, okay. oh, it would have been nice to see what Swayman would have said. Oh, That's the one thing we miss. I know he'll be back, With... Tim. He'll be back. He'll be back. You'd probably say like Lundquist, honestly. Lundquist or could... uh... yeah, that'd be interesting. Especially, I don't know who he even cheered for being in Alaska. Like, I just assume he liked the Rangers since his dad uh, is from New York. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? We'll see. I mean, it would be nice to see a King Hendrick in there. So, so handsome. But anyway, that was fun. I like seeing that, that little thing. I don't have a hockey player that I grew up watching because I'm old and I didn't Mm. watch hockey back then. But obviously, if my my football answer, we all know what my football answer would be. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Right? Kind of like Tom yeah, I have a, I have a few hockey ones that stick out. Like Paul Correa, because he went to UMaine. Mm-hmm. So that that was a big one when I was a kid. Obviously, Eric Weinrich, because his mom was my teacher. <laughs> and then uh, Jason Allison was, a, oh, yeah. was one of the first Bruins. Anton Carter, even. Um, cause he was on those teams. Uh, uh, those were Joseph Stumple. Oh, sticks Stumple. Out. Stumple was awesome, man. I mm-hmm. love Joseph Stumple. Uh, he came over from the Kings, I think. Mm-hmm. With the, yeah. Uh, Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray was great. Yeah. Man. Um, have you guys seen that thing on, it's a thing that gets retweeted a lot. Guys can just sit around and mention the name of hockey player or like old sports players and just be like, "Oh yeah," and that's basically what this podcast is. Yeah, it's yeah. basically just, <laughs> we're not talking yeah. about what they did. We're just to be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that oh, guy." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I thought it was really wonderful that Anson Carter was part of the banner ceremony for Willie O'Ree. That was really racist. cool. Yeah, yeah because really. Uh, Willie O'Ree couldn't actually make it to the ceremony because it's in the middle of a pandemic. He's in his 80s. He can do what he wants. So he watched from home. He did get to come and see the banner, so that's really wonderful. But Anson Carter was one of the people helping to raise the banner because obviously without Willie O'Ree, there would have been somebody else at some point, but it wouldn't have been as soon as it was. But anyway. Oh, man. Speaking of old players, too. I, there's one thing I'll never forget. So I was at a Bruins game as a kid with my dad, right? And this was um, one of the – it was during Brian Ralston's first stint with the Bruins, mm. okay? And there, we were sitting in the three hundred, one of the 300 section, and Brian Ralston scored – he had a couple goals that game. It was just like – just he just had a really good game. And there was a guy – who was like literally drunk off his ass in a Brian Ralston jersey. And as soon as Ralston scored his like second or third goal of the game, he stood up, started screaming, and he goes, I'm Brian Ralston. 
I'm drunk as hell. I just scored my whatever goal of the game, and now I'm going to sit my ass down. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It just always, it just always stood out to me. <laughs> wow. All right, guys, we've talked about a lot of things, so it is time to talk about the games that are coming up this week, and I will have to get a gentle prediction, as I'm calling them, gentle predictions from uh, from Jeff for next week. But we only have two games that are coming up uh, within the time frame for us. We have uh, a game on the 17th. I mean, you know, the Bruins are playing tonight, so then they have a few days off. So the 17th, they'll be playing uh, when the Flyers come to town with John Tortorella. Woohoo! It's going to be so fun. You mean Black Bear Great? You mean Black Bear Great? Oh. Concord Zone. Conquer's not too far away from me. And his brother, Coach, did, or I don't know if he still does, was at Bates. I think it was one. Well, no, no, Colby. One of those. One Bates, Bowden, Colby. One of those three main schools. So what is it? Is like Massachusetts people go to to Maine and New Jersey people go to URI? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I think his brother went to his brother went to UMaine as well. But his brother is a coach and coached at one of those schools, and then he moved on to like UNH's coaching staff after that. I think, and after that, I lost track. But his brother's family used to live in the same city that I did. They went to the same church that we go to. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then the 19th, which is next uh, Saturday, they'll be playing uh, with the, the Blackhawks come to town. Now, I don't, I haven't really been following what's going on with the, the Flyers. I have a feeling they're kind of up and down, up and down. Although Carter Hart's having a really good year. And the Blackhawks are playing better than they should. Mm. So, of these two games, you know what? I'm just going to say, that's going to be two wins, baby. 2-0-0. Oh, oh. That's what I say. I've been a Debbie Downer this podcast, which is unlike me. I think mm -hmm. the listeners know I'm generally optimistic. But yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Let's end it on a, I'm going to end my talking on a good note. 2-0. and oh. All right. And Tim? Yeah, I'll join that party. Why not? We'll say 2-0. <laughs> We'll find out from Jeff later. So if you want to play along at home, just send a, uh, send us a uh, tweet or a message somewhere saying that uh, you have made your predictions on what these, uh, uh, how the results will be this week. And, you know, if you have any losses, tell us which one it is. Or if it's 0-2, then I guess I'll figure it out. So anyway, you can talk to us. You can contact us at... Let's try that again. At Barely on Topic on Twitter and at Barely on Top Barely on Topic podcast on Facebook. You can find our podcast basically everywhere, any platform. But our primary home is SoundCloud. Cloud, SoundCloud, not SoundCloud. <laughs> SoundCloud Julian. <laughs> <laughs> Dot edu. No. <laughs> uh, Sound SoundCloud. And you can reach us at our on at our Facebook. individual handles. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I don't usually do this. I just realized I'm doing this all backwards. But that's okay. That's, you know, that's just how I am sometimes. So you can reach us at our individual Twitter handles. I am at VA from RI. And I really did have to think about that for a little bit. 
Uh, I am at Tim A. Richardson, and Jeff was on the show, and he's at Dr. Hand Grenade. Oh, perfect. Thank you. You can still find me on LinkedIn, but you know what? I have a job now, so don't send me your job offers because I'm good. But you, so just connect me on Twitter at Nick Baggio. Yeah, you're pretty much at Bi- Nick at at Big Nagio. I just said at Big Nagio. I like that. Oh my god! <laughs> if you have an alternate account, make it at Big Nagio. That would be so great. And what I do is I advertise Big Pens, and I just nag you about it. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my gosh! For Halloween next year, you got to be Big Nagio and just and just wear glasses. That's the difference. <laughs> Tie your hair back so that it looks like it's short. Mm. Oh no! Get a short wig. Get a short oh, wig. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah, that's a fun look. Yeah. Don't do anything to your hair. Just but just put a fake wig on uh, a fake wig put a wig on yeah and and some glasses and you'll be big nagio <laughs> i really want you to flesh out this big nagio character now i'll get working on it okay all right um tim word 